you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what's up? Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. James Go here. Sadly, no franchise. No Matt Franciscovich today. Mm. You will not be hearing from the magical beard of fantasy. He's got to keep his pants on today. He's got to keep his pants on. What is happening with the franchise there? He and Mrs. Franchise, or soon to be Mrs. Franchise, are... I was gonna say exploring, but they're scouting. They're, they're scouting, scouting wedding venues ah, in Palm Springs. So it's you know you have to put a lot of money down on these things, yes. and you need to look like a respectable couple to the people that are gonna let you rent their venue. So, so generally, you keep your pants on pants for these. Kind of, okay, must be on. So does this mean we get to do a? Are we gonna do a podcast from Palm Springs uh, Ooh. in advance Ooh. of the Franciscovich nuptials? Well, that won't oh. be until 2018. But I like where your head's at. I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just let's let's not assume that we're all still here. Twenty. Some of us are walking on thin ice. That, oh yeah. Or that speaking the, for myself, or that the Earth is still here in twenty eighteen. <laughs> oh, There's that as well. Holy crap! Uh, but if we do it from Palm Springs, hopefully there will be an open bar. Yes. If great. there's not an open bar, I'm not going. Let's just put that out there. Wow. <laughs> Poor franchise. <laughs> <laughs> just been lamenting how expensive it is to save for a wedding in here. Well, okay. To be fair, uh, friend of the show, I will family member of the show, yes. Adam, Adam Rank said yesterday that, look, if you're going to have a wedding, you need to have an open bar. And if you're not going to have an open bar, trim the guest list. Trim trim people before you trim booze. Okay. okay. So that's, That means we're all getting cut. No, I would think like less, impor- like less important people. Like sounds like Manharm is not going either way. Like parents, it's okay. parents. Right. You know, brothers, sisters. I would say those people should get cut before we do. Wow. Okay, we got the whiz kid from Wisconsin, Alex Gellhart. We got MG, my guy Marcus Grant, and of course you heard from Matt Harmon there, who will not be attending Matt Franciscovich's wedding. Apparently. Oh, I'm going. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm going. Uh, big time show in front of us here today. We got a ton of news to get to, but we'll give you your deep sleepers, and of course get to every damn game as well. Close out with a round of daily daps, but let's start as always. Always with your top headlines. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. This is the woo. I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Don't watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. All right, let's start in New England. Gronk is going to have back surgery. It's his third back surgery in the last seven years. If you're going back to his college days he's going to be out for the entirety of the regular season we're not exactly sure when he will be back i don't know there's some reports that he may be back uh with the team in in the super bowl if they yeah Mm, yeah. have to give him one yeah yeah uh all right so basically what does it mean for i i I don't know martellus bennett tom brady uh alex you you wrote a great piece uh on the fantasy website nfl.com slash nfl.com slash gelhar to find that article thank you uh talking about the ins and outs of the gronk injury what were your takeaways well i mean i gotta you know throw it uh give it kudos to our good friend uh dave damashek carmen appears on his podcast probably more than this one uh that's not true (laughs) you know what you know what though you know what is true he reps that podcast more than this podcast oh that is ridiculous that's interesting wait that's a hundred percent true where where are these accusations coming from okay anyways sorry we're getting a side point here but he has a theory that's called the jenga theory okay there's you know important players that you pull out of an offense or defense and the whole thing comes crumbling down Gronk is one is one of those Jenga players or pieces, and often the one that we cite the most when we discuss this theory because the Patriots offense averages four point three more per points per game when he's in the offense. Okay, Tom Brady's numbers like fall off a mini cliff. He's still very very good, but like his passer rating drops by like ten or fifteen points. His completion percentage drops by almost ten points. Wow, uh, all these things uh, trickle down, and then. The big question is, Brady's still going to be a QB1. He might not be the locked-in must-start we typically view. But I think the biggest gainer in this is Malcolm Mitchell and maybe Deion Lewis, because we've seen okay. Malcolm Mitchell as the fantasy hipsters, hipsters hyped up. Yeah. Uh, his target share from weeks 5 to 10, which, which when Gronk was dominant, and then 11 and 12 when he was basically out each week, jumped by almost 10% in the offense, which isn't like 
huge, no. but it's not an insignificant number. And with the way he's been performing with three touchdowns the last couple weeks, I think he's probably the guy that's going to see the biggest uptick from this because Edelman, Bennett, and Hogan all are kind of dealing with some sort of injury. All right. I like it. Uh, Martellus Bennett, uh, MG, in terms of uh, uh, as a replacement, I mean, I don't know if he's still on the waiver wire, but uh, prospects for, for Martellus Bennett. Um. I don't know. I think they're mixed. I mean, we saw a couple weeks ago when Gronk was out and Bennett was kind of a no-show. I mean, we haven't seen much from Martellus Bennett in the last few weeks, so there's no guarantee that just because there's no Rob Gronkowski that Bennett suddenly becomes this great fantasy play. And well, you know, he himself is also coming back from injury. That's the other part of it. He's starting to get a little healthier, too. He, I mean, he hasn't been completely healthy, so we'll see what happens. I mean, the thing about the Patriots offense is that really, aside from Gronk, there are no guaranteed targets for anybody that's there. That's true. I mean, Brady will no, spread that true. ball around. So there's no guarantee that just because, you know, Bennett is kind of the next man up that he's going to assume all those targets that otherwise would have gone to Gronk. Right. The only guarantee is Edelman. He Pretty had, much. He had 26% of the targets with Gronk there, and he had 31% the last two weeks with Gronk. Out. I mean, I think at this point, if you had Gronk on your roster, okay. you are down to streaming tight ends, um, which sounds terrible, except for the fact, and I uh, I think it was uh, J.J. Zacharyson who mentioned it on Twitter the other day, uh, if you're streaming tight ends, nobody seems to really be worse than anybody else, considering how tight end has been so unpredictable, Ugh. that if you're streaming tight ends, you're, you know... You're in you as bad, bad a shape as everybody Right, else. you can just pretty much pick anybody because <laughs> you're pretty much going to get the same kind of production. Well, I mean, even if you had Eric Ebron, you got a fat zero. Right. I mean, there's been multiple weeks where I mean, Antonio Gates went without a target last Exactly. Year, you know, so. The first time Man. since 2003, right. by the way. Is that true? Yeah, wow, I saw it in the cool. research packet. Man. Uh, in Chicago, Jay Cutler. For oh, wait, real quick, yes. just while we're on the topic, a couple guys that I highlighted at the bottom of that article, too, you could look to. If you're lucky, like Cameron Brait, Eric Ebron might still be available. They're owning 25-ish and 21% elite. I could see some people giving up on Ebron after he put up a zero. Uh, oh, yeah. Vernon Davis, don't play him this week, but he's owned in less than fewer than 10% of leagues. He's Washington takes on Arizona. Arizona. Right. They just erase tight ends. Yep. But Vance McDonald, Lance Kendricks, okay. Jer Goat Cook. <laughs> Still available. <laughs> Josh Hill plays the Lions Josh Hill this plays week. the Lions this week. It's a good pickup too. So there, there's options. I mean, none are really that more no. much more savory than no, the others. No, but no, no, no. whoever's available, take a shot. That's a big time loss for your fantasy team. There's no question shoot, about it. Shoot your shot. Uh, Jay Cutler for realsies this time, not day to day. He hurt his shoulder a couple weeks ago. The fear was a torn labrum then, and that it would require season-ending surgery then. <laughs> John Fox promptly denied it. He said he was day-to-day. Cuddy was. Not true. Cuddy actually does have a torn labrum. He tried rehab reportedly. It wasn't working so good, so season-ending surgery. So basically, to keep up with the theme, uh, John Fox says, uh, Jay Cutler's day-to-day, and the doctor said, nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he will almost assuredly be cut from the team this offseason. He's got no more guaranteed money left on his deal. So the Jay Cutler era in Chicago, almost assuredly done which is kind of crazy to say. Uh, Sammy Watkins has soreness in his surgically repaired foot. He missed practice Wednesday. He was back at practice in a limited capacity Thursday. He practiced, I believe, in full on Friday. His status is up in the air. He's questionable. That's his official status for Sunday. Uh, but the coaching staff did admit that uh, Watkins still playing with that broken bo- foot in his bone, uh, broken bone in his foot. Uh, a broken rather. foot in his bone? bone? Wow, man, that's complicated. Uh, that is <laughs> one of your one of your twenty doctor friends tell you that? One? No, they did not. They, <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, reporters asked Sammy Watkins straight up if there was a broken bone in his foot, uh, not a broken foot in his bone. Uh, he wouldn't say either way, and he said he wasn't sure, but that he might have to get off-season foot surgery. Again, mm. uh, the offensive coordinator there said that uh, Watkins could play one snap or 20. Just depends oh. on the pain. Ugh. Rex Ryan helped nobody by saying he, quote, looked good. And he that, and that he expects him to play as well on Sunday. The Bills take on the Raiders in week 13. Matt Harmon, your thoughts? Yeah, if Watkins is active, I would have a tough time not playing him. Same. Uh, he averaged – or his aver- as average air yards on his targets last week was 23. You know, he was a downfield threat right away. And even if he's going to play limited snaps again, I expect that's the role he's going to play. Tyrod Taylor's a really good deep passer. I think he's the type of guy that can make your week in in essentially one catch. So it's, true. it's, it's a good spot against the Raiders. If he's active, I, I would personally take the risk and play him. Three catches, 80 yards in his first game back. Three in, catches, in, 80 He yards. only played like, what, 20 30% of the snaps? It's true. Or was it higher so, than that? It might 
might have been. It was definitely under fifty. Yeah, it was under. He played so he played less than half the snaps, and he put up three for eighty. So yeah, you got you got to feel good about that. If he's if he's good enough for them to start him, like I'm, I'm taking my chances too. Even if you know there's the risk he does leave the game, but hopefully, as Harmon said, he gets like if he goes into the end zone on that one deep touchdown. That's true. Whew, I will say this though, I I don't know if there's a player with a lower floor, higher ceiling combination than Sammy Watkins. Yeah. Deshaun Jackson? Hard to think of one off the top of my head. Deshaun Jackson's there, but even his ceiling is relatively it's, limited. You know what I mean? Yeah, the, the problem with Watkins is just the injuries. I mean, if he was healthy and 100%, we saw last the end of last year, like he would dominate the share of the targets, and he was you know, a pretty much a clear-cut number one receiver. But with these injuries, like, yeah, you're right. He could play two snaps and be like, I can't go anymore. And then, yep. Well, or he could drop a buck fifty-seven and yep. two on the Raiders' second. I can absolutely see that. By the way, the uh, the Raiders, by the way, have gone from the absolute worst pass defense in the history of the NFL uh, to just being a run-of-the-mill bad pass defense. They are seventh and ninth most generous versus quarterbacks and wide receivers, respectively. All right, we'll go to Washington. Jordan Reed recovering from a badly separated shoulder. I think he was ruled out today, was he not? He Correct. was ruled out. Okay, today. so ruled out today. So it looks like it's going to be Vernon Davis. Uh, Basically, Jay Gruden, you know, he's going to have Vernon Davis out there against the league's toughest defense against tight ends. They're allowing something like twenty-five yards, 25 per, yards game. per game. Yep. <laughs> and this isn't like a this isn't a weird fantasy points against aberration. They just tight ends can't do anything. Yep. Them. Doesn't they, matter. Jimmy who it is. Graham was really limited against some Greg Olson. I mean, yes, yeah, so they faced good tight ends too. They're the only team in the NFL that has not allowed a touchdown. Two tight ends all year. I think I would take the risk on Davis though this week if I was in a tough ah! if I was in a tough spot against well, you know and I needed tight ends like you were just. I mean, saying, it goes back to yeah. You the op- tight the ends. options are gross. You can't really do much worse. Davis produced when uh, when Jordan Reed was out before he even produced when Reed was in the lineup, and I think Washington has thrown over 120 targets to their tight ends this year. So we know that's a p- big part of the offense, and I don't think Deshaun Jackson or Pierre Garçon are going to be factors on the outside with Patrick Peterson out there. I think it's going to be a lot of Jamison Crowder and Davis, and I mean it wouldn't. I mean it just wouldn't shock me if he had a pretty solid game. So I think with with gross options all around, I, I like you know what's really interesting. I kind of like Deshaun Jackson this week. Patrick hmm. Peterson de- dealing with that knee injury, he says he's not 100. percent They don't really have burners uh, in terms True. of cornerback play. So to me, Deshaun Jackson is an interesting guy. Cow bias. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if the I'll tell you this: if the Washington line can hold up for like five deep shots. I wouldn't be surprised at all if if Deshaun Jackson gets a couple of those looks and he converts one. Nah, I'm kind of with you. I, I'm not panicking on DJX. I just I think Crowder's the best play of the bunch. And I agree. Harmon, you semi convinced on Davis, but I'm a chicken when it comes to that, right. so I wouldn't start him. Uh, Trevor, Planet of the Apes, Simeon, still in a walking boot Thursday. Is he going to play? He's out. Uh, he's, he's out. out. Pax, he is out now. Oh, it's Paxton Lynch. I'll throw it to the wide receiver guru here. Uh, Lynch is going to go. What does it mean for Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders? Is it fair to say that Sanders' floor drops a bit. I'm sorry, who were you throwing to? Uh, you're going to be throwing to Demarius Thomas? No. <laughs> no, no, no. I meant who were you throwing it to when you said, uh, now I'm explaining the joke. Oh, I'm got sorry. it. Okay. I'm sorry. Just, okay. Great radio, everybody. All right. Uh, sorry to waste everybody's we time. We are in rare form today on the Friday. <laughs> 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 we, don't have the, we don't have the juice of the franchise on the podcast. You know, that's yeah. what There's not enough fire in this room yet. There is that's, a good, that's a good point. Um, Paxton Lynch starts. What does it mean for DT and Sanders? Well, I mean, this isn't really a good spot for them either. They're on the road in Jacksonville, which sounds nice, but Jacksonville's yeah. played pretty good pass defense especially with Jalen Ramsey there he's been great you know and Paxton Lynch was was real bad in his last in his only start of the season I believe against Atlanta in Denver so a road trip all the way down to Jacksonville that gives me a lot of pause I mean we know that this is the most highly concentrated offense in the league we talk about all the time like targets only go to Sanders and only go to Thomas but I so I think that they have like you know probably good 50 yard floors in this game but it's tough for me to see them accessing any real ceiling Jacksonville is much more beatable on the ground. Okay. Uh, Jacksonville's averaged only uh, allowing 183 passing yards per game over the last month. So they're not get they're not getting the big splash fantasy st- fantasy statistics like uh, although that might include their buy I forget. But still, they're not getting the splash like interceptions and stuff. But they're still limiting offenses. Yeah, uh, and the thing the thing is too like it's not even so much that they're. I mean, they have a really good pass defense. They have good players back there. But also, you know, their their quarterback gives the ball away so much that it allows the other team to build an easy lead, true. and then very they're true. just in run heavy game scripts too. 
And I imagine Gary Kubiak's going to try to utilize that run game quite a bit, right, to protect his rookie quarterback. I mean, that's kind of the formula that coaches generally take uh, with rookie signal callers. So, I don't know. We'll see. But, you know, the fact that Paxton Lynch likes to air it out a little bit, to me, gives me a little bit of extra hope for Demarius Thomas. But, gosh, the whole the specter of Jalen Ramsey does scare me a bit as well. Uh, in Miami, Devontae Parker mispracticed Wednesday and Thursday with a back injury. He's looking extremely iffy for Sunday. On the road versus Baltimore. Uh, Kenny Stills. For those of you in deeper leagues. Mm. In New Orleans, Mark Ingram nursing a toe injury. He mispracticed thir- Wednesday and Thursday as well. Uh, his status is unclear. Oh, I think it's if turf you, toe, too. I think if you ask him. Which lingers. I believe he did practice in full today, though, or Mark, at least went a little bit. If you ask Mark Ingram, he's going to go, which is always great, reliable sources. For 100%. Him. True. No player has ever lied to us about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but really, though, the mispractice on Wednesday, Thursday legitimately could be uh, just rest, and that's what a lot of beat reporters uh, felt like it might have been. If he doesn't go, obviously, or if he's limited in any capacity, Tim Hightower would be absolutely an RB1 candidate at home versus the Lions, a game uh, that our friends in the desert say will be the highest-scoring affair uh, of the week. Are, are who? Uh, no. Nope. I mean, I have, a, I have a friend who lives in Phoenix. Is that who you're talking about? Yes, I, yes, it's I am. It's Brian. He was yes. talking to Brian. Oh, yes. actually, I was yes. talking to the franchise who's in the Desert of Palm Trees. Oh, that's uh, gotcha. out I, well. I don't have any friends in uh, deserts. All right. Andrew Luck, limited practice this week. He's on track to play. Kelvin Benjamin, shoulder injury, limited practice uh, this week. Super quick about yes, Luck. I please? don't believe he's cr- past protocol yet. He is not, but he's playing on Monday. It's all Monday. It's a Monday night game, so right. it's an extra day. He's uh, got an extra day. They, I said think they, they said he was going to do more tests Friday, so keep an eye on it over the weekend. Yes. The beat reporters there for Indianapolis, uh, very uh, optimistic that he. I mean, we have. should be. He's got yeah. until Monday, exactly. So that gives him more. It's time. a long time since the Colts have played, too. It's true. Yep. It's very true. Calvin Benjamin shoulder injury, limited practice this week, but he told reporters he expects to play. Tyrell Williams practiced Friday. He says he's going to be 100. percent So obviously another reliable source. <laughs> <laughs> he was writhing around in pain. Did you guys see that in uh, in week 12? Yeah. Uh, his status was. I mean, even after the game, he said, "Oh, I'm going to be good," but. Man, I don't know. The way that he was kind of uh, favoring that shoulder in a week two, I wasn't 100% sure. But anyways, if he doesn't, if he's limited in any way, Dontrell Inman at home versus Tampa Bay. Hello. Looking pretty good. Uh, let's talk about some deep sleepers, shall we? MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, hit me. Stay woke, my friends. Oh, my. It's coming back. Oh, my. We are going to make the <laughs> no, awakening. Of the, yes, we are. No, you're not. We are going to go Kristen Michael this week. <laughs> yes. Look, I, you know, everything. <laughs> no, you're not going. All the reports out of Green Bay. Oh, Mike McCarthy God. is no. impressed with what he's seen from no. Kristen Michael, oh, saying he God. deserves more opportunity this week. Oh. Last week, James Starks had, what, 22 touches and had about 68 yards, fewer than 70 yards total with that. So I, 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 the Packers realized, yes. one, that they have to run the football, obviously, but they also realize that I James mean, Starks is not the hold best. On, Starks hold on. went 17 for 41 last week. Okay. Granted, it's against a good Philly run defense, but Still. 17 for 41. Okay, hold That's on. That's ungood. But when, when, we say, when we say Green Bay has to – I mean, do they, though? All their best players are, are wide receivers. Well, they, they need to run a little bit. Okay. Like, they at least have to run to keep them honest. Eat I mean, some clock, okay. keep them honest. It's I mean, lot. even their best running back is a wide receiver. For God's sake. No, <laughs> well, right now. No, he's, well, not anymore. He's a human <laughs> not, not, not once, once, Not once the awakening hits Green Bay. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Their best running back is a fullback named Aaron Ripkowski. Oh, he was legit. <laughs> oh, real, I love watching Real hard-working guy. Oh, my Dude, gosh. That guy, uh, that guy, I tweeted out a gif of a tank steamrolling like a car. Oh, did he? During that, I did during that game. Oh, I was like, oh, this oh, is what oh. I see every time he runs. Yeah, exactly. man. That's kind of how it felt. Uh, you know, plus throw in the fact that it's expected to be very cold and potentially snowy in could Green Bay. Could have two inches of snow on Sunday. There That's you go. Good. So you know, right. this this could favor a more run-heavy game script for the Packers. Especially oh, especially if they get up by 50 billion points. Right. Brock Osweiler's not Because Brock Osweiler, you know. But uh, so, yeah, this – the awakening. It's it, it continues. Oh it just it you know, it hit the snooze button and now it's back. <laughs> right. He just needed a nap. That's it. <laughs> yep. Power nap. He's had to lay out for a little bit. Christian Michael. Uh Alex Gelhar, give me a deep sleeper. Uh I'm a fan of Quincy Anunwa this week. I uh, like it too. In uh what could be a high scoring affair yes. between two teams with bad defenses yep. on Monday night. I love it. Uh I Anunwa's had a touchdown in three of the last four games with Ryan Fitzpatrick, so hashtag trends. Oh, and well. uh, I don't know. It's just it's a bad Colts defense, and yeah. they're going to have to air it out because 
the Jets aren't going to be able to do anything if, if Luck starts, in my eyes, to stop T.Y. Hill and then Moncrief and, and company. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, this is going to be a high score. This has got to be a high-scoring affair. I would, I, I would expect a number one to see a handful of targets. Hopefully he pops one in the end zone. If not, he'll at least offer you a safe floor. I think so, too. I love Anunua this week. Love him this week. Matt Harmon, you guys, me. You guys are weird with this Anunua thing. He's like the Why? Most, he's like the most unpredictable player in, in fantasy. Well, look, you, go, wait, I mean, wouldn't you uh, want – Do we want to beer bet it? Ooh. No, 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 because no, between, I don't... Between your deep sleeper and mine. I like it. Oh. Uh, I mean, whatever. I don't what really do feel that strongly about it. <laughs> okay, so no. All right, never mind. All right, Matt Harmon, give me a deep sleeper. Uh, so I, uh, my deep sleeper is DGB. I don't oh, know if he boy. should be all that much of a deep sleeper, but I'm I'm pretty excited about his uh Has his DGB done anything this week? Well, he did, he, did, he did a lot on the very first drive yes. of the last game, and okay. then he sort of disappeared. And then he got a couple catches on the very last drive. Exactly. <laughs> so he so, went full DGB. He bookended. <laughs> yeah, oh, he, he, he bookended. That was, it was great. Okay. But, like... I don't know if the the Eagles are probably they're probably going to activate Nelson Aguilar this week again after putting him on the bench, putting him on ice one week. But at the same time, I I question whether they're just going to throw him you know right back out there. DGB led the team in percentage of intended air yards from Carson Wentz on on that Monday night game against the Packers. They are certainly in need of a big X receiver, and I think this is a pretty good spot uh, against some spotty cornerback play for the Bengals in Philadelphia. So I I like DGB this week as a dart throw, and I think he's somebody that for the fantasy playoffs you should add on your bench just in case this is the moment that it fi- does finally come together for him because. The Eagles just need somebody with his physical presence and, and something of a downfield threat. It's, it's something they're cl- clearly lacking. All right. I like it. I like the skill set. Uh, he's a little bit inconsistent, but that's why it's a oh, deep well, sleeper yeah. segment. I, mean, uh, I will give you a deep sleeper as well. How about Deontay Thompson there in Chicago taking ooh. on San Francisco? Last week he saw – this is what I, I find to be kind of interesting, right? Like Matt Barkley is there. I get it. You know, he's not – the best quarterback. Look, he didn't look terrible he last week. No, he didn't. He was, I mean, just absolutely mauled by drops. Yeah. He didn't get help from his receivers. He didn't. Uh, he could have actually had a really big day. He basically won the game twice at the end. They just dropped the ball. Yeah, it was funny. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, I'm, I am I think, I don't think Matt Barkley is terrible. Uh, that being said, they're taking on San Francisco, a team that's given up the most fancy points to wide receivers this year. Deontay Thompson saw nine targets last week. He's got legit speed. He's not the biggest guy in the whole world, six feet, two hundred and five pounds. But again, he's got pedigree. He went to Florida. Uh, he's a great athlete. Ran a four three one forty. So the guy can absolutely fly against the worst pass defense in the league. Give me the guy that got nine targets last week. I'll take that dude, Deontay Thompson, a, a deep sleeper for me. All right, let's get to EDG every damn game. We're gonna start with the whiz kid from Wisconsin, Alex Gelhart, Detroit at New Orleans. Ho ho. A lot of points going to be scoring this one. I mean, you got to feel great about pretty much everybody from New Orleans in this one. As Harmon mentioned, Josh Hill's an interesting play at tight end because the Lions are bad at covering tight ends. Yes, but what he, about Kobe Fleener? What about him? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I mean, No, it, he's not a bad play yeah. either. I mean, it's just if you're looking for a deeper guy, Hill, yeah. Hill's been out-snapping him by a massive margin. margin. He's, okay. not, he's not running as many like routes per percentage of snaps played. He's blocking right. a lot too. But, hey, he's a sneaky ad. Kobe Fleener's Kobe Fleener. You, I like you know, it. You know what you're going to get at this yeah, point yeah. there. Oh, yeah. Uh, Breeze, we all know, is going to be a great start. I thought this was a fun stat from the Next Gen Stats packet, though. Breeze averages 2.3 uh, seconds uh, to, from time to, of snap to throw, and the Lions allow a 101.3 passer rating on passes uh, that are thrown in under 2.5 seconds. So he should carve them up as expected. An interesting thing to note, Cooks likely lining up with uh, Darius Slay per where they, they slot up on the sides of the field most often. And Slay is a very fast cornerback, which is. for our friend Scott Barrett's research is somebody that can often shut down Cooks. Ooh. Slay has the Ooh. top recorded speed by a defender this year per next-gen stats. What are you saying? We're going to go back-to-back zeros for Brandon I Cook? I want to say back-to-back oh. zeros, but I just I would be – my I'd still be concerned about Cooks. On the flip side, this Lions offense, you got to like Stafford, like uh, Riddick, like Ebron. Roll the dice at wide receiver? Sure. I like Jones this week. Come on, Marvin Jones, you like Mar- Let's go. I like Marvin Jones. What's your guy's case to like Marvin Jones? Well, Because I've been trying. I've, I, got, I got I've been, none. I've been looking at the numbers here, and I'm <laughs> so just like, I'm like Marvin Jones is going to get six targets and three catches for 42 yards, and I'm going to be pissed. How about if he gets six, six catches for 100 yards and two touchdowns? How about that? 
I saw 11 targets on Thanksgiving. I know. Yeah, what did I you think, do with those? I mean, yeah, but I think there was an emphasis to get the ball to him. Plus, that was against the Vikings. He's played a lot of tough pass defenses of late, too. I think he played uh, the Vikings twice. You know, he's got the Texans. They have good cornerback play there. I think this is a good spot for Marvin Jones to have a bounce How many back targets do you think he gets in this game? I say I eight or nine. He, I think he approaches double digits. Yeah. Yeah. I know, I, look, Against I th- New Orleans, I'll take that all day. Yeah, like the Saints' defense has definitely – progressed from like and everybody in the That's every, everybody in the pool sort yeah. of game right, but at right. the same time they're probably like a you know slightly below league average you know which is fine for the Saints but I think that's enough for Marvin Jones to finally get off the schneid I mean he can't go this long without without I mean I I totally understand the logic but for me right here it's like fool me once you know shame on me Fool me seven times. Shame on you. Fool me every time since week three (laughs) and get off of my fantasy (laughs) roster. All right, fair enough. L.A. taking on the Patriots. They're in Foxborough. Harmon, what you got? Yeah, this game I think obviously sets up for a big Rams upset. You know, on no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think we expect even without Gronk, the Patriots to to smash the Rams coming across the country. I mean, Jeff Fisher doesn't even know who the running backs on the team are. <laughs> uh, so far, he's he's got a plan to shut down Corey Dillon. Man, it's going to be great. I mean, yeah, I mean, you got to watch out for Danny Woodhead on IR on a different team. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't played for the Patriots since 2012. And he mentioned their special teams uh, running back, Brandon Bolden, though. So don't don't forget about that. But in all seriousness, Patriots running backs, I think this is a really good spot for LeGarrette Blunt. Uh, I think they'll use him to slow down the pass rush that the Rams bring. Their run defense is not particularly imposing either. So, And in games where the Patriots are heavy favorites or where they win by double digits, Blunt usually smash in, the, in those games. So I think this is a, a spot where you definitely got to get him in your lineup. Deion Lewis, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I mean, eventually he might take over some more snaps and more touches in the backfield, but I don't know if it's going to be this week. So, I mean, you're kind of on your own there. In the passing game without Gronk, I think Malcolm Mitchell, is, as Gelhar said, is, is the biggest benefit. Uh, he's a player that obviously I, I love a ton. Uh, so I think he's in a good spot this week. He should probably run most of his routes against EJ Gaines on the, on the at right cornerback for uh, the Rams. And he just gave up, uh, I think, six catches for 89 yards in both of Michael Thomas's touchdowns last week so Patriots yeah I think they're they're in a good spot as for the Rams no nope I don't want to play I don't want to really play anybody on the Rams I mean I think you can get away with Kenny Britt but that's about it all right, Denver at Jacksonville. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, what you got? Oh, we talked a little bit about the Bronco offense, especially in the passing game. We know yep. it's Paxton Lynch there. You're not starting him. Don't even think about it. Uh, you know, beware if you, you – you may be in a situation where you have to start either Demarius Thomas and or Emmanuel Sanders. Just be aware that you may just kind of get middling production out of them this week. Um, you know, Devontae Booker has not been the guy we thought he was going to be since he took over in that backfield for C.J. Anderson. Um, I don't expect much from him out of this week. Uh, again, you know, I think you're looking at maybe seven, seven, eight points out of Devontae Booker. Yeah, whatever. Has had 24 carries in back-to-back games. Yeah, it hasn't really amounted to much. Um, this is this is the the bounce back spot. Okay, sure. Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the Bronco defense obviously is full go this week against uh, Blake Bortles. Who, by the way, uh, fun fact. Fun fact. Uh, Today in fantasy football is stupid. Blake Bortles is your QB ten this year. Oh my! At this God. moment, despite the fact that he has thirteen interceptions oh and I believe uh, two or three lost fumbles, so oh boy, he's angling to repeat as the Mark Bolger, Bolger. Award winner. Yeah, buddy, he's uh, he's angling for it right now. Back to back, man. Let's I didn't go. even think about that. He's, yeah, man, he's trying to repeat. He's trying to defend his title. Yeah, Very motivated. Uh, Holy crap! He's going for the back to back Bolgers. Yeah, man. Okay, the, I like it. The rest of the Jaguar offense. I mean, there's really nothing to be excited about except the albino tiger, Marquis. Lee, who was uh, established himself as the top receiver in the Jaguar <laughs> established offense, himself. established I'm, himself. I'm ignoring you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the running the running back situation is a mess. Chris Ivory is out. T.J. Yeldon is questionable for the week, so it could be a heavy dose of Denard Robinson, which nobody wants. That you really got to be in a bad way if you're looking at starting Denard Robinson on your roster. Shoelace, so. baby, let's go. Uh, okay. So I mean, really, the only group I feel really confident with in this game is the Bronco defense. That's it. San Francisco. Francisco at Chi-Town. 
God, that's depressing. Uh, not not this game. This, not, this game's depressing that too. Matchup. No, man, I'm actually sneakily excited for this game. You want to know why? I think it's going to be a little Keystone Cops out to there. Know why? Yeah, it's what's up? Because it's the 32nd ranked scoring defense for the 49ers. Yeah, the 31st ranked scoring offense. Let's go. Let's do Something, it. So this is stop. something's got to give, baby. <laughs> Stoppable force against movable object. <laughs> I love it. Uh, no, but I think like Barkley kind of provided a spark in that passing attack last week against a bad secondary. The 49ers also have a bad secondary. This, I mean, this game could go t- could go two ways. It's yeah. either going to be a 13 to nine debacle yeah or it's gonna be a, a 42 to 45 shootout where people we've never even heard of are scoring touchdowns I, I'm, I'm leaning more towards that yeah that's what that's what I'm excited for because uh Patton everybody I, I love Patton. gotta love cap this week I think Matt Barkley is streamable the 49ers allow the second most pass TDs and have a bottom six sack rate so he should have time to sit in the pocket and throw to the likes of Cameron Meredith and Marcus Wilson and Deontay Thompson. Let's go. Uh, I think four different uh, Bears had uh, nine or more targets last week, if I'm not mistaken. So points are going to be had. I'd feel the best about uh, Wilson. A little worried about Meredith. He's kind of struggled since Hoyer went out. I will say this. How about Ben Bronacker out of Harvard? Bronk? Bronk. Bronk? Oh, maybe. I'm telling you, this game is either ending in, I've said it a bunch this week, it is either ending 6-3 or 56-43. I just said the same thing. Oh, I'm very, very busy over here. Oh, my God. I'm, 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 you and I talked about this. I want to know. I want to uh, know whether you're on Twitter or you're Facebook stalking somebody. Yeah, wait. Is I'm it Facebook actually stalking I'm, old girlfriends again. I, are you, you Facebook guys, stalking? You guys are idiots. I'm actually over here making very important gifts. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, jeez. Uh, the other hey, person in Slack I like, if you'd like to uh, mention oh, him earlier, geez. Vance McDonald. Man, he's at six or more targets in five straight games, fifty plus receiving yards. I don't hate a touchdown. Yeah. In the last four, the Bears just lost both like their starting inside linebackers. It's not great. So I like it. It's gonna be. I'm telling you. I think this is gonna be a really high scoring game. I hope. I, I have a feeling it's gonna be a fun slop fest. And Absolutely. Like, they're not the greatest uh, games. You know, when we look back on it years from now, but they're no. they're fun in the moment. It's gonna be a bunch of missed tackles, crazy missed assignments everywhere. Oh yeah. It's gonna be awesome. I I, I can't wait. It's gonna be great. Uh, Houston at Green Bay. Harmon, what you got? Yeah, this game sets up really well for Green Bay. Oh, shock, uh, of course. I think this is a good spot for them. The interesting thing, though, is that Houston is a really strong pass defense. We know that. Uh, they they typically are, are very strong on the outside. So I actually kind of like Randall Cobb in this spot. I know he hasn't had like a big bust-out game or anything lately, but if you're just looking at the cornerback play, where Houston is weakest is definitely in the middle of the field when defending slot receivers. Uh, they allow 209 passing yards per game this year, which is and only an 88 quarterback rating. So I think I, I still like Aaron Rodgers a lot in this game. You know, He's thrown 43 passes on average the last four games, so I think the, you, you, you try to get all these Packers guys in, in your lineup in terms of the passing game. The running game, I have no idea. I, I don't know if they're going to play Chris and Michael Moore or not, so that that's questionable to me. On the other side of the field, this is a good spot for DeAndre Hopkins to finally get going again. I know. It's, I'm, I feel, I like, feel I like, like I'm playing the role of, like, none of these guys have been good lately, but here's why they could be good this week. And <laughs> yeah, I think you totally are. Today. I, I am totally playing the contrarian Ooh. role here, but I think that – Looks good on you. No, you're just you're just uh, believing in early Christmas miracles right now for all these guys. That's true. It's a Christmas miracle. Uh, but I think that I think that DeAndre Hopkins could have a Christmas miracle here. You know, the Packers played better than expected against the Eagles. Pa- the Eagles passing game, but that's also the Eagles passing game. They don't push the ball downfield. I think that Hopkins gets going here. He's certainly somebody that you know, if you're fighting for a playoff life, I, I like a lot in this spot for sure. Uh, and I think you kind of know what the Texans are at this point on offense. Other than that, you'll get a low floor from or a high floor, but probably not much of a ceiling from Lamar Miller, and that's about it. KC at Atlanta. What's happening in the hot Atlanta? MG, my guy, Marcus Rand. I feel like this could be a very high-scoring game, and I'm I'm big on a lot of different people here. I want I really want to love Alex Smith as kind of a sleeper quarterback. Oh but boy. we have seen him not be able to take advantage of good matchups, but I still I'm I'm gonna believe. I'm gonna I'm gonna hope real hard and, <laughs> and hope it all works out for him. Um 
So wait, if, oh if you're boy. hoping real hard for Alex Smith, who is going to score points for the Chiefs in this high-scoring Oh, uh, well, Tyreek Hill okay. can score some points for the Chiefs. Let's go. Uh, Spencer Ware can catch some passes out of the backfield and score some points for the Chiefs. Okay. I love Spencer. Uh, you know, Jeremy Macklin could potentially be back on the field this week, so that's another option there. Um, you know, and Travis Kelsey will hopefully do Travis Kelsey things. Okay. Um, 100-plus yards in back-to-back games. So, yeah, I mean, so there are some options there for the Chiefs to kind of get up and down the field a little bit. Uh, on the other side, I mean, I, I look, your you're Falcons, you know, Matt Ryan, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Julio Jones, I think, bounces back in a big way. He has yet, oh, yeah. he has yet to have back-to-back games with fewer than 100 receiving yards. So last week he put up kind of a dud. So I expect he will bounce back with a big one this week. And I'm, that's, I'm, that's I'm, such a weird stat. Real it is quick. weird. Like that he, in every game where he's not had 100 yards, he's had more than 100 the next game. Right. It's, so it's just like peaks, peaks and valleys. There's no, I mean, week. there's no actual analysis there. It's just a weird thing that's, that's kind of happened. Totally weird. Um, um, I also I'm very curious to see what happens whether or not they travel Marcus Peters to keep him on Julio Jones or whether or not we're going to see Julio line up against Philip Gaines a few times because then it would be the first time that they did that all year right I mean, on the on passing so, plays this year Peters has lined up at left corner exclusively 94 percent of the right time. and teams have obviously figured out that if you're going to have success against the Chiefs secondary you were going to go pick on Gaines so if it ends up being uh, being Julio Jones on, on gains, that could get ugly in a hurry. Um, but Devontae Freeman, I think, is a good start this week. I'm also kind of curious about what happens with Tevin Coleman versus Taylor Gabriel because Gabriel's been really good the last three or four weeks, but I think a lot of it has been filling that role that Coleman filled in the offense, kind of that slot receiver, sort of a, a gadget guy, for lack of a better term, running a lot of those bubble screens and, and you know, doing good things with them. But now that Coleman's back and reportedly is a little bit healthier this week than he was last week, I wonder if he starts to take some of those opportunities away from Gabriel and, and Gabriel goes back to kind of being a background player. But for the most part, all of your key players, I think, on both sides, you can really start this week. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, what do we got? Miami at Baltimore. Uh, who am I going with? Oh, with me. Me. <laughs> uh, this, this game. I got uh, lost in the, in the rundown. I'm sorry. Okay, it happens. All right. There's okay. a lot of words to look at. Uh, in there are. Uh, this Any game words. doesn't excite me a lot because it's uh, Miami and Baltimore decent defenses and not great offenses. Then, like as we said, Devontae Parker, I think he's probably going to be out. If I had to guess, saw a quote from Gase that said he was going to be overly cautious with him and protect him from himself if he had to. So that that concerns me a little bit about the Miami passing game. I mean, Jarvis Landry Harmon and I were talking about this downstairs. He's he's seen an uptick in targets and catches when Parker's out, but he's okay. seen his yardage drop. So that's an interesting interesting little trend there because Parker's not opening it up as much. But uh, he's got a good matchup in the slot against the Baltimore defense. I actually think Terrence West and Dixon are kind of both in play as like low-end flex, flex options this week. Really? Uh, Miami's allowed uh, four, four and a half yards per carry just about over the last four weeks. And here's, here's an interesting nugget. They've allowed 49% of their receiving yards to backs on the year have come in the last four weeks as well. Ooh. That's, that's kind of why I like Dixon this week, especially if that – uh, if they can't get it going. <laughs> of course. A surprise, right? <laughs> Anyways, uh, Ajayi, I would still Love be I'm concerned. We'd have to watch the status of his offensive line because that was a big, big depression I to believe his value. Albert and Tunsil are supposed to be back. Pouncey okay. may still be out this week. Even so, the Ravens have allowed 65 or fewer rushing yards in seven of their last nine games. And if Miami can't stretch the field without Parker, maybe Stills can. I don't know. I, I, I'm probably not going to bench Ajayi if I don't have a greater option, but – I'd be a little bit concerned. Other than that, who cares? Okay. Philadelphia at Cincinnati. Harmon, what you got? This is a really good spot for one Darren Sproles. Ooh. Uh, the <laughs> For one Darren Sproles. One. Ryan Matthews still out. Ryan Matthews going to miss this game again. Uh, the Bengals are tied with the Chargers for second in targets allowed to running backs out of the backfield. Okay. Uh, so I think that this is a good spot for Sproles. Sproles has, I think, seven – or well, he has seven – Targets twice in the last few weeks. He has one once and then 10 in another game. So they've been getting him the ball a lot more lately, and that makes sense with the way their offensive line has deteriorated and just the emphasis on the short passing game in Philadelphia. Uh, Jordan Matthews might miss this game. I don't know if any of you guys have any updates from that, but I know he's pretty questionable. Uh, I would be a pretty solid spot for him if if not, but I, I just tend to think that he, if he sits – or well, if he sits, you're not going to play him. There's a there's a good uh, there's a good piece. Of Hashtag analysis. analysis yep, yep. Uh, if he sits, you're not going to play Jordan Matthews. But if he plays, you know, I, it makes me makes me question. Like he he was pretty clearly limited on Monday night, so I'm a little nervous about Jordan Matthews. But I love I love DGB in the spot. Like I said, uh, 
overall, though, this is probably going to be a super low-scoring game, a boring, not-great fantasy game at all. Uh, really, the only Bengals that I want to play in this spot are Tyler Eifert, of course, uh, because good luck with trying to bench Tyler Eifert, even though this is technically a bad matchup for him. And also Jeremy Hill, who had six catches last week. He had six targets, caught all of them for, I believe, over 50 yards. So he's certainly somebody that you want to get in your lineup this week. I, yeah, I like him a lot. I like he him was, a lot he was six for 61. I'm still scared of Hill. Why? He I just don't, done, I don't trust he him. He hasn't done anything all year. And he still had all the carries, and he and he had all those catches last week, and, and he still put up. A yeah, but that was against Baltimore. And Rex this Burkhead against, had more rushing yards. This is oh, against well. Philadelphia. They're no slouch of a defense either. I mean, I know they're out of their their comfy confines of the link, but like. Yeah, I remember still, what, that was a cute thing until Aaron Rodgers eviscerated him. On okay, yeah, it's Aaron Rodgers versus Andy Dalton and company here. Plus, the Cincinnati O line has not played well this year. Yeah, yeah I know, but I mean, you're just. I'm not going to get cute and bench a running back that's probably going to see more than 18 touches. I would agree with that. Uh, Jordan Matthews, by the way, questionable ankle injury. He did not practice on Friday. He's looking. Uh, they're saying he's questionable. I'd be surprised if he plays. Uh, although the coaching staff is saying, quote, he's 50-50. Mm. <laughs> Coaches are second to most reliable sources <sighs> for truthfulness. Uh, After players. players. Yes. Uh, Buffalo and Oakland. MG, what do you got? Uh, this is a game where I have a lot of concerns about people. I mean, you know, Sammy Watkins. We talk about Sammy Watkins and what he could give you. That that's a concern, and I think that impacts in a lot of ways uh, Tyrod Taylor and what he does. What also impacts Tyrod Taylor is the fact that the Raiders defensively have been getting after quarterbacks a lot lately. We saw obviously right. Khalil Mack and Bruce Irvin the way they got after Cam Newton last week, and and those guys are starting to turn things up a little bit. So that is certainly worrisome. I do. Uh, have confidence in LaShawn McCoy. I think he's going to be fine this week against that Raider run defense. He's going to see plenty of volume, so I think you can start him with confidence this week. Uh, on the other side, Derek Carr, I think, will be good, not necessarily great this week. Um, you know, and I think that is going to impact his receivers. I, I, you know, I think you... You can't really sit Amari Cooper because the ceiling potentially is very high for him, but right. also be aware that he could put up a less than great number for you this week. And I think the same applies to Michael Crabtree. Uh, you know, you you mm. could get some kind of uh, lackluster numbers from them. Uh, you know, I, I I still can't figure out what to do about the Raider running game. I mean, Latavius Murray. He finds his way into the end zone occasionally, yep. but he doesn't get a ton of touches, and he may not get you a ton of yards, so it's really hard to count on him. I mean, last week, DeAndre Washington was a healthy scratch, yeah. and they went with Jalen Richard in the backfield, so I, I really just kind of throw up my hands. Doesn't that confusion. make you feel better about Latavius Murray, though, the fact oh, that— Hold up. I just remembered something. Uh, Carr's pinky put him basically in the, the shotgun on every snap after he injured it. Yes. They'll probably do that a lot again. A lot I don't think Murray is a great back no, he out of the shotgun. he is not. So, I wish I would have thought of this earlier. Deep sleeper, Jalen Richard. Richard. Would be an interesting deep sleeper. He'll probably get a few more carries, maybe a few catches out of that shotgun. I don't hate it. Hmm? That's a good I would say good call. Another, I don't hate it at that all. Would, I was just realizing the shotgun that would worry me even more about Murray because when, as you were saying, like he's getting his touches and he needs touchdowns. But if We're going to have to start calling you the Oracle, dude. I would that say another good. another deep sleeper in this game might be Clive Walford in the tight end spot for uh, for the Raiders. Harmon does not agree. Harmon gagged. I wish this was a video podcast because your oh. facial expression. Harmon does oh, not priceless. agree, apparently. No. Um, so, but, uh, yeah, I, I feel like this is a lot. This is a game that could feature a lot of fairly brand-name fantasy players giving you a lot of mediocre production. I think so. I think they're, I think both teams are going to run this ball a lot. Uh, the wide receiver core for Buffalo really banged up. No Bobby Woods, uh, no Percy Harvin. Marquise Goodwin apparently dealing with a wrist We can stop talking well. about Percy Harvin in general. Seriously. Yeah, exactly. we don't, we don't I'm so mad more. that he forced himself back into the spotlight. <laughs> Sammy Watkins is injured as well. Uh, you know who I kind of sort of like in this game is Charles Clay. Uh, Potentially. I mean, how many, how many times is Charles Clay going to get mentioned on this podcast or in an article? And do like, nothing. This could be a great spot for him. And Doing nothing. Get two for 12. He'll yeah. get his five targets, and, right, and yeah, that's about it. All right, fine. I like Crabtree a lot in this game. I'm going to disagree with Marcus there. Yeah, okay. The Bills be the first the, time. The, yeah, that's true. The Bills uh, put their uh, declared that their starting left cornerback, Ronald Darby, is going to miss this game. Right. And I think that if Corey White, who has just been a whipping boy throughout his entire NFL career, takes some snaps there, I think it's a good spot for Crabtree, who runs most of his routes from the right oh, side of the field. Darby hasn't really been all that great recently either. Oh, no, that is true. Now, both Bill, both Bills cornerbacks have been a little bit up and down. Tampa Bay at San Diego. Gelhar, what do you got? Uh, I think this is an interesting game here too, fantasy-wise. Um, Tampa Bay's defense has played very well the last two weeks, but that was – 
against Alex Smith, and then they got Russell Wilson in an off game on the road. So that I wouldn't put a ton of stock into that, especially because Philip Rivers has been great against bad defenses throughout the year too. He just yeah. he just ripped apart the Texans' great pass defense. Um, what I think is interesting on the Tampa Bay side is that San Diego's defense ranks 28th in the red zone right now, and if this turns into a game where they're having to trade blows and Jameis is thrown a lot, I think that's a good sign to help boost up Cameron Braid a little bit because we know he's somewhat touchdown dependent and volume dependent in where uh, Winston needs to throw a lot. Mike Evans, no, I'm, nobody's scared of sitting him, so right. we need to waste time on him. Um, both teams are in the bottom 10 in receiving yards allowed to running backs as well, so I think that helps Melvin Gordon and Doug Martin's floors, even though we know they're both kind of going up against good front sevens. Okay. And then uh, I like Tyron, Tyrell Williams and uh, Dontrell Inman this week too. NYG at Pittsburgh. Harmon, what do you got? I'm having a tough time getting a real read on this game because I know it's, it's Steelers at home. You know, you think that those guys are all going to just – yeah. Go off, and that Fired is, off. is yeah. that has historically been the case. Mm-hmm. The Giants have played pretty good defense this this year, and especially lately, they allow only nineteen point four points per game this year. But they they allow the opposing offense to run sixty nine point one plays per game. That is the second most in the NFL, trailing only the Forty Nine ers. So that could be a situation. That was the Steelers' defense. No, that's the, the Giants', Giants defense. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I think this could be a situation where, of course, the Steelers have a big game, but yeah. The Giants are kind of a question mark to me too. I don't really, I don't really know how I feel. Dude, they have about been them. all year. Yeah. I watch their games and I look at their box scores and I'm like, what is happening? What, what, what's in going this on with this yeah, team? I, yeah. I don't. Really I can't f- get a beat on them. I don't yeah. think they have an identity. I mean, I, they I want to run three wide either. receiver sets 90 percent of the time, but it's just okay. I don't. I, yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, it's it's a confusing team to me. You know, Rashad Jennings was definitely a bit of a bust last week against the Browns, but I think you're probably going to side on getting him back into your lineup. It, the, the Steelers have some holes up front, especially with Cam Hayward out. Right. Uh, but at the same, and big it, loss. You know, this could be. I I I hope that the the best possible outcome for all of us here for fantasy shootout baby entertainment is this turns into a shootout where Odell and Antonio are trading blows back and forth. I think I hope that that's what we see. And the two ancillary players I like in this game are Sterling Shepard. No of shock, course. but yes. you know the Steelers aren't very good at covering the slot. And uh, Sterling Shepard, you know, Manning went out of his way to apologize to him for not getting him a target last week. So hashtag narrative. Okay. Squeaky wheel, whatever. <laughs> and uh, then also, I like Ladarius Green to finally bust. No, you don't. Yes, yes, I like Ladarius Green I do. too. Stop it. I mean, even if he's not playing a ton of snaps, he's running, he's running a route on pretty much all of his snaps. He's not oh. blocking a ton. You know, the Giants are, are a little weak at the coverage linebacker spot. So I think this is a game where Green finally gets And going. it's like every week they're like, yeah, he's, get, he's getting a little better. He's getting a little more up to speed he's getting a little healthier so it's like it's kind of it's we're building we're building this could be be the break point i almost had him as my deep sleeper tb i like it all right washington at arizona mg what do you got well i i I have concerns about Kirk cousins in this one i would say that they are a little bit alleviated by the fact you guys mentioned patrick peterson who's not going to be 100 percent tyron matthew is doubtful so maybe that opens some things yeah i do like that yep oh my let's go yeah, I just wanted, yeah. To wait. I wanted to wait for that yeah, too. Yeah. Let's drop oh, yeah. in there. Uh, but I do I do really have some concerns about him against a defense that is aver- averaging, allowing less than 200 passing yards per game this season. Uh, that does not bode well for him. I do think that you could see Jamison Crowder still uh, succeed a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, Tyron dis- Matthews questionable. He's, he's doubtful, actually. He's doubtful. So that, that certainly helps. Even worse. That certainly I helps. I said that. I just, he's not. Oh. Literally just I just said I assume that. that he's not listening. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, he, he – like, honestly, like, two – I mean <laughs> – you know what it was? It probably was. Harmon just blacked out in oh rage at the at the Kirk Cousin drops. Uh, we well, didn't hear anything. To for be a while. fair, I was actually looking up something for the podcast. I wasn't doing anything weird. So like making gifts. So <laughs> I, I think the gift you did make is great. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, but it'll I, come in. I do think that uh, you know Jamison Crowder could have a decent game. You know, you, you still have that ceiling floor conundrum with guys like Deshaun Jackson, even Pierre Garcon. Um, I I know that that Harmon, you said you you kind of potentially like Vernon Davis this week. I, I just I'm still scared because the Cardinals have fully erased the position. Twenty five yards a game to tight end. They That's have insane. Er- and yeah. and when you think, I mean, some of the guys they faced this year, they faced the Seahawks. They faced Jimmy Graham. They've seen Greg Olson. Right. They've seen Kyle Rudolph. Right. They have oh, yeah. erased those guys. Yeah. This no year. touchdowns this year. None. That's insane. Yeah. So that makes me very nervous about Vernon yeah, Davis. Um, on the flip side, I mean, however, however hashtag. Yeah. 
regression alert. No touchdowns allowed yet. So oh, they're due. They're, they're due. They're due. They're due. They're due. Wow. Touchdown. Trends. Yeah, I love the, the they're due argument. Much like when Krusty the Clown bet on the Washington Generals. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, uh, also, Rob, Rob Kelly, I expect that he will see volume, but I don't know that it turns into a ton of production for him in this one. Uh, on the other side, you know, you start the same Cardinals you've been rolling with all year long, so that means obviously David Johnson. That's a no-brainer. Sure, uh, Larry Fitzgerald potentially. Although there was some talk that maybe the that, that Washington would roll Josh Norman into the slot on occasion. I don't think it's going to be a consistent thing if it happens at all, but potentially you could see Josh Norman roll uh, and line up against Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, and keep an eye on John Brown. I know that they're still looking kind of yep. at his legs with the, yep. the sickle cell situation, so I don't know what his deal is going to be. Michael Floyd hurt. Michael Floyd has been just maybe one of the biggest disappointments of the season this year. Uh, Carson Palmer has been disappointing, so that that's going to be hard to go with. So I'd say Arizona, you're looking at David Johnson, maybe Larry Fitzgerald, and then the, the Cardinal defense. How about that? Uh, how about that Cardinal tight ends? Oh, Jermaine Gresham? Yeah, let's hey, go. You know, Washington actually has been pretty bad Stop. against tight ends. And, you yeah. know, Jermaine Gresham is starting to get some looks lately. Well, he got touchdowns in back-to-back games. Just saying. So, oh you, know, you know, you uh, know. Carolina at Seattle. Anticipated to be a very low-scoring game. How many what you got? Is it, though? Because if you look at this it team's history. Yeah, it, but if you look at this team's history. Yes. When they played each other in 2012, 2013, and 2014. Okay. The final scores were 16-12, to 12-7. Thirteen to nine, but of late, this team has seen a lot of each other. Twice in 2015, and then again in the playoffs. Well, in the playoffs last year, these are actual dates, you know, not, okay. not the seasons. But sure, sure. January of 2015 and October October of 2015, the co- the scores were 31 to 17. Okay. 27 to 23, and okay. then they played each other in the playoffs last year. 31 to 24. These games have been high scoring shootouts All of right. late between the Panthers and Seahawks. Interesting. The question is. Are the Panthers good enough to be engage in a shootout right now? They placed their starting and second-string center, Ryan Khalil and Geno Kratkowski, on injured reserve this week, weakening an already awful offensive line. No Michael Orr? Se- yeah, Seattle is top three in sack rate on the year, and they're probably getting Michael Bennett back this week. So that that could be ugly. I would not want to play Jonathan Stewart in this game. I mean, I know I said that you know with Jeremy Hill, if a running back is going to potentially see 18 touches, which I don't know if Jonathan Stewart even is going to do in this game, uh, I would probably break ties and not playing in in favor of not playing him. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin has had a lot of success against Richard Sherman in his career. He's not somebody that I would be afraid of starting in this spot. And Greg Olson, I think, is in in a good in a good position this week. You know, he has not played. From a fantasy perspective, has not put up the numbers that you would want from the last few weeks, but I would still think that this is where he gets back on track. Seattle has given up some production to tight ends of late. And then on Seattle's side, I think this is a bounce-back spot for pretty much all of their passing game players. Tyler Lockett led the team with the, uh, with, with the intended air yard share. He also saw six targets, didn't catch any of them. But he did play over Jermaine Kearse, so I think if you need a sleeper, I, th- I like Lockett this week to, okay. to burn the Panthers secondary. And I think Jimmy Graham, Doug Baldwin, all those guys are in consideration. And, and Russell Wilson, I think, bounces back as a top-five quarterback. Indianapolis versus NYJ. Gelhar, what do you got? I mean, uh, you start in your Colts, you start in luck. You got to like Gore back, even right. though uh, the Jets have a good run D, but he gets uh, you know some work in the passing game as well, and and he's just been a, the safe, one of the safest floor plays of the year. Hilton and Moncrief, absolutely. I'm calling this the anti tight end game because uh, I mean, there's no tight end basically on the Jets. I think yeah. they they just finally surpassed Justin Perillo as a team. In yeah, they're uh, tight end five now, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, the uh, and the Jets allow just 50 yards per game to the tight ends, and you, it, with that kind of defense and the stupid split that Dwayne Allen and Kobe Fleener and Eric Swoop or Swope, I forget who it is, have. I like, love that you still call him Kobe no, Fleener. No. Oh, Kobe, uh, Jack, Jack Doyle. Doyle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, BSP. BSP. They're big white, white tight ends. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't want any part of that. Um, I think there's a great spot for Forte. Uh, the Colts allow 4.6 yards per carry, the okay. highest catch rate to running backs, especially if. The Jets are trailing, or you know, it turns into a shootout. Get some dump offs. I really like that spot, and I think you could stream Ryan Fitzpatrick here. Yeah, the, the Colts have their yes, their twenty two touchdowns allowed to three interceptions ratio is by far the worst in the league. They allow the third most passing yards per game, and I've we've talked about the game script and shootout in this one before. So. I think Fitz is in a good spot this week. If you're worried about your quarterback, you know Fitz is going to be available. You can you can grab him and feel pretty confident. Franchise I like and I have a beer bet on Ryan Fitzpatrick. I oh? have the I have the over on sixteen and a half points. He has the under. Oh man, I wish I could have got in on that. Well, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> 
mean, I guess you, I guess you could if you ask him. Nah, it's all right. All right. Okay. I like it. Uh, I think that's it. Yes, it is. Let's do Daily Daps and get out of here. Let's go. Yes. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the Daily Daps and Hub. Give me daps because all right, daily dap time. We shall start with the whiz kid from Wisconsin. Let's go. Uh, well, first off, I got a daily dap. Uh, Childish Gambino, Donald Glover's new album. I mean, yeah. I'm assuming, oh, is it you, good? Will, I'm assuming you will too, Mark. It's amazing. It's, it's awesome. It's different. It's very funky. It's got some great jams on it. Harmon and I listened to it last night, and then I gave it another list, another spin this morning when I was at work. Uh, it's awesome. I just think he's tremendously talented, so it was uh, it was great to see that coming out from him, and I don't think I've really done anything else of note lately, so uh, <laughs> that's probably going to be my only well, you, for you now. have, but we probably don't want to talk about that. Yeah, that. there was not really podcast-worthy things of note, so. What does that mean? That's What a tease. I'll tell, we'll tell you off. I'm, I'm confused as well. I, I like it. All right, I like it. MG, my got Marcus Grant. Uh, yeah, I mean, I will double up on the uh, on the Childish Gambino album called Awaken My Love, which uh, it is it is very different in the sense that I don't think he raps on it at all. What? Yeah, um, no, I don't think so. No, it is. And in fact, it feels, it's it's almost like a an homage, a little bit of maybe uh, some some funkadelic or parliament, uh, really? some sly in the family stone. Even it's, no, it's really good. And actually, funny you mentioned because I was I was thinking that when I was listening to it. I'm like I'm like, has he rapped yet? And yeah. I, like, it kind of skipped my mind. But I don't think he. Ra- I don't think he, he raps does, on there. It might just be a verse here too. <laughs> but, I, don't, I don't know if I'm going to be a fan. But of it's this. like, but it's 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 kind of an ode. It's very you know parliament, like some funkadelic, some okay. sly in the family stone, even a little bit of Prince. There's a couple songs in there that, that oh definitely that have a Prince feel to them. Uh, but I I just continue to be a fan of everything he does. I think he's wildly creative. Um, but it's also just a good day for music. Um, Hani Al-Khatib, who I'm a fan of, also released the latest in his Savage Times series. He's up to volume five. I you've, kinda, met, you've mentioned this on the Daily Dash before, right? I have. I have. And I, I kind of hope that he compiles all of these because every volume is just three songs and he's up to five now. So I would like for him to just compile them all into one album so I can consume them a little bit easier. But uh, that's the new one that's out. And then my, uh, my final one is... A new Twitter account that I have uh, found. Uh, I can't say the full title because this is a family podcast. I see. But let's say it's it's called F Every Word. Oh, yeah. And basically, they're going through every word in the dictionary, and they're posting like two an hour, and it's F this word. What? F that word. And, you know, so like <laughs> a couple of my favorites uh, from recently, from the last couple of days, there was one that's uh, F Highlights, F High School, you know? So <laughs> it's... Uh, Wait, yeah. so literally he just goes through and... And like they're posing basically yeah. every half hour. Uh, it is, according to the bio, the Twitter bio, the task will be completed in 2020. What? So they're on H right now. Uh, let's see if I can. The, oh the most God. recent one, F Hilarities. So, yes. <laughs> what? Pretty hilarious. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. Uh, all right. Great. Matt Harmon, what do you got? Do you got anything? Do you want me to go? I no, can no, go no. First? I, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Well, okay. first, I'm going to undap myself for a pretty trash podcast performance today. Overall, terrible analysis and okay. even worse paying attention skills. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to undap myself, apologize to all the listeners and to you three uh, oh, okay. for that. And uh, also, my actual dap yes. is uh, a, so we talk about good music, and this is another good piece of good music that came out today, or uh, John Legend's album came out. Also, the best song on it. Which you know, I say that because it is the only one I've listened to so far. Okay, uh, <laughs> but I've listened to it about twenty times. It's a song called the title track, "Darkness and Darkness and Light." It's featuring Brittany Howard, the lead singer from Alabama Shakes, and I heard it like I saw their account tweet out the the information today, so I went and listened to it immediately. I was like, "Oh my god, this is incredible!" She is the type of artist that you listen to her sing, and like I like to think that I'm good at some things. But I, then I listen to her sing, and I'm like, I'm not really good at anything in comparison <laughs> to how good she is at, actually, at, at music. So, uh, right. yeah, it, it's an incredible track. Like I said, I've listened to it many times. I will listen to it many more times. I like it. I will daily dap a taqueria in Fresno. I don't know if you guys have seen this video. Uh, they created this uh, uh, something called the Anaconda Burrito. Oh, my God. That's huge. It is three feet long. What, uh, what What's the name of the, the place? Uh, the place in Fresno is called – hold on. I got it for you. Uh no you don't Holy oh gosh crap. it's the Taqueria Urellis three foot I don't know burrito a three foot burrito it's five tortillas um it's a carne asada burrito and I gotta I gotta say it looks actually really good now usually these gimmick burritos are they're disgusting but <laughs> honestly this burrito actually looks legitimately good um 
And basically, the video that they posted to their Facebook page has gotten 17 million views already. Uh, it's been shared 55,000 times or something like that. Holy cow. Uh, no, actually, it's been shared 220,000 times. Oh, put the onions on, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that sounded like sexual. <laughs> uh, I might, might have to clip that off. But oh, I am, boy, I am telling you, it looks... Cilantro? It, oh, it's cilantro, onion oh, mix. Yeah. It looks really, really good. <laughs> it does. And this is what I've always said about burritos. A burrito... I don't know. You can't say that you have a legit burrito unless you actually grill it. Like, you have to grill the tortilla shell for, yeah, for me to basically true. take you to the next level. Now, there, I mean, the level below that is still delicious. Oh, absolutely. Right? But, like, if you want to go to the next level, which is like, oh, this is a, a great burrito, you do have to grill. We're getting verde, folks. <laughs> the tortilla. Uh, I will fast forward to the part where they actually grill it. As you can see. That thing's huge. Oh, it's three feet long. That's as big as you. It's three feet long, and uh, and I think they said it's... So, like I said, as big as you. Okay. Wow. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, just kidding. Oh, wow. Okay. Just kidding. Oh, okay. uh, but anyways, uh, it looks delicious. I've watched this video and been mes- mesmerized by it. I don't know why. This is the most I've paid attention on podcast. That's uh, very true. <laughs> oh, by the way, these are the two halves. They actually go together there, Harmon. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. It's wow. Anyway, so So then combined, go. it is as big as you. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez! All right, so there you go. That's your da- the ra- your round of daily dash franchise. Time for lunch. I uh, we missed you, pal. Sad we didn't get the franchise's fiery phoner. I guarantee it'll be back next Friday. You'll hear from franchise on Monday as well. We'll see you. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.